0: Christmas Stories, episode five. Humble Pie. Written by Hannah Zeki and narrated by Michelle Neal. Knock, knock. Who's there? Picnic. Picnic who? Picnic sounds so much better than church. I know. But last Sunday we were away, and the previous week we overslept. So, we are young, plenty of time to go to church. Suzette found it hard to resist her Prince Charming at the best of times, and when he looked at her with a disarming grin, the picnic started off well, but As James was consuming beer after beer, Suzette grew increasingly uneasy. She knew from experience, trying to talk to him when he had had too much to drink, well, was a complete waste of time. By the time they decided to head home, James was, to use the common lingo, motherless. As always, when he was drunk, he refused to let Suzette drive. The events of that afternoon would haunt Suzette for years. As if in slow motion, she remembered James cursing when the car started spinning. She hugged her swollen tummy as if that could protect the precious life she was carrying. And then she entered that long, dark tunnel. James became aware of muted voices and strange smells. He tried to move, but somebody was pinning down his leg. It was only when he fully regained consciousness that he realized he was in hospital. His head swathed in bandages, and his one leg in traction. My wife! Shh. lie still. A cool hand pressed him back against the pillows. Your wife and your daughter. Are both fine. Hours turned into days, days turned into weeks. He knew Suzette wasn't in hospital anymore, but he waited in vain for a visit. Suzette's father felt trapped between a rock and a hard place. Sweetheart, I know he was drunk. I understand he endangered your life, but you saw the police report. There was an oil spill on the road, so the accident would have happened even if he was sober. He is your husband and seriously injured. Don't you think he deserves to at least hear from you personally that you want a divorce and what about Mandy he's got the right to see his daughter (laughs) he lost all rights the moment he got behind the steering wheel drunk he could have killed our daughter and our grandchild the venom in his wife's voice was enough to bar any further discussions. James joined the AA, started going to church regularly and proved himself worthy of promotion at work. Yet Suzette and her mom continued to treat him like a leper. The bubble eventually broke on Mandy's fifth birthday. James wanted to attend the birthday party, but the two women were so rude in their refusal. Suzette's dad was stunned. On Saturday afternoon, just after the last children had left, he quietly fetched the suitcases he had packed while the party was on and walked to his car. Daddy, what are you doing? Where are you going? He looked at his beautiful child, his princess, and with tears streaming down his face, he responded, You used to be friends with every car guard in town. Remember how upset mom used to get because you shared your lunch and on a couple of occasions even some of your clothes with those less fortunate than you i never thought you would allow your mom to change your loving caring compassionate personality but i'm afraid you have become as arrogant heartless unforgiving and mean as your mother. I love the two of you more than life itself. But as our bank balance grew, I watched my wife turn into a cold-hearted snob. And now I've lost my little girl. He turned away and stumbled to his car. Suzette couldn't sleep. She spent the night taking stock. Mm -hmm. Very early Sunday morning, she went to make herself a cup of coffee. Mandy wasn't in her room, but Suzette didn't think anything of it. It was only after she had switched on the kettle that she realized Mandy wasn't in the house. By the time she opened her mom's door to check if Mandy was there, she was practically hysterical. Her mom didn't share her anxiety. Without a word, she reached for her phone and dialed James's number. How dare you! It took almost half an hour before it dawned on her that neither James nor her husband had abducted Mandy. The two men reached the house almost simultaneously. By nine o'clock the police and the neighbours had joined the search. For the first time since the accident, Suzette really looked at James. Good lord, she whispered. It's been five years and for the first time I notice he walks with a limp and has an ugly scar on the side of his beautiful face. A police officer found Mandy about five blocks away. She had crept under a bush on a pavement and cried herself to sleep. Sweetie, what were you thinking? Suzette cried, you and granny were so angry and, and grabbed left. I wanted to go to my daddy, but I couldn't find his house. My daddy. The words hit Suzette like a bucket of ice water. One month later, James and Suzette remarried. Her dad waited eagerly to reconcile with his wife too, but she ignored the invitation. Suzette's mom furiously prepared for Christmas. Even though there had been no contact between them, she never for one moment doubted that they would all be there. They hadn't spent a single Christmas apart. She even brought James a gift An insignificant gift, but still, after all, it is the thought that counts. By one o'clock on Christmas Day, she accepted that nobody was going to turn up. By four o'clock, she had no tears left. She slowly started packing all the food into containers, and loaded them into her car. At the filling station, she opened the boot and called the petrol attendants. "Uh, I brought you some Christmas dinner. The joy and awe on the attendants faces as they looked at all the food stunned her. "Hmm. One would think I gave them a thousand bucks each, she thought uncomfortably. Back home, she sat on the veranda. It was her turn to take stock, and she didn't like what she saw. When she went to prepare for bed, her eyes caught her Bible on the bedside table, and she hung her head in shame. I'm in church every Sunday, but when last have I really read my Bible? Just before midnight, she lay back against the pillows and shut her eyes. Lord, she whispered, on that first Christmas, you fulfilled your promise to provide the world with a Saviour. I know you never go back on your promises. Thank you that I can face the future knowing that you are going to help me win back my family. I know it won't be easy, but I will start by taking their Christmas presents to them. But not tomorrow, Lord. The day after. I first have to go and buy James, a really worthwhile gift. The